now everyone has to tune in to our YouTube broadcast to see the weird faces you and I just made with to each other spontaneously on hitting spontaneously. record. And there was like a, a very seemingly choreographed bounce that happened that we never talked about, but I just, I loved that it organically happened. We got real excited. We're recording. <laughs> we wagged our tails a little. Welcome to the Create Podcast. I'm Natalie Roy. This is I'm, my dearest Kristen Hange. I'm Kristen Hange. That's her and that's me. And we're just here to do a little podcast for you. We like to talk about all kinds of different things. Lately, we it's been all over the map what we talk about. We really started um, really honed in on creativity and uh, creative spiritual tools for artists. And now we've just really expanded into just like, what is it to be a human? <laughs> well, I think when you are an artist or you're exploring your creativity, you look at your experience and all of that goes through your body and it comes out as your art. So in that way, everything is fair game. When yeah. I'm working with writers, they'll often go, well, this isn't about writing, but, and I'll go, oh, it's all about writing. It is, all about writing. it's all about the art, everything that happens, your fight with your husband, your relationship with your kids, what's going on in healing wounds you have with a parent. It's all in the soup and it all comes out in what we are, what we're writing, what we're creating, what we're exploring. And I have often found, I bet this is true for people that have that run businesses or are entrepreneurs that I get the same challenges in different forms because there's a part of me that life is working on. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's sort of like this cute thing where we, in our little human suit that we're in, so somehow think that it's all not connected. Like we we get this illusion that we're all not connected to each other, that we're not connected to nature, that what happens in another area or another country or to another human body has nothing to do with us. Like we get into this illusion. And I think in the same way, we get into this illusion that, you know, what's happening over here in my life has nothing to do with what's happening over here. But really, I think the longer we spend in the game and those of us that are living any kind of creative life or any kind of what we call a spiritual life or just a life where you're inquisitive, you're asking questions, you're curious about what is, you're observing what is, I think that you quickly realize, oh, it is all so deeply connected. And, and the, the connective tissue of all of life happening is, is humanity. And, and we're just here to experience all of it. The more that we can open ourselves to the fact that everything is happening for our evolution and for our growth, then we start to realize that, well, if my vocation as a creative soul or as a parent or as a business owner or as a writer is to, you know, evolve myself and my soul, then we also realize that it is here to evolve the soul of the whole, the whole. That's and it's exactly all right. connected. Yeah, you've heard me talk often about whenever I look at anything in the media, I'm like, look at it, it's consciousness evolving. We're evolving ourselves. And right before we hit record, we were talking about The Bachelor <laughs> and I was sharing how I don't usually watch The Bachelor. Natalie is a big fan. I was sharing, I can't believe you don't always watch it because it's like my highlight of my week. <laughs> and though, though this season I have been tuning in and as I've been tuning in, I'm like, oh, look at the level of conversation that they're having. People are taking accountability in different ways. Oh, consciousness is evolving. And I see it all the time. I see it all the time in our comedians. I see it all the time in the books that we're, we're seeing come out in the world. We're, life itself is growing us in our own lives. And it's, it's growing us. It's evolving us in terms of our humanity. It's evolving our relationship with each other. It's definitely evolving how we communicate and how we get information across. And I find it really exciting, but we know this to be true, that if something isn't working, life will find a way to get our attention, often mm. through pain. So mm. pain is one of those wonderful evolutionary tools that life will use to go, something isn't working here. I'm trying to get your attention. And so as we watch that collective pain come up inside of humanity, it's asking for us to pay attention. 
yeah. we also, I think, are, are watching that come up in our own bodies, right? When we see, oh, something inside of me doesn't feel good. How is that asking me to come into deeper alignment? How is that asking me to clean out my diet? How is that asking me to become a bigger advocate for my own health? And then how is that also mirroring this desire for us to take care of the planet in a different way, right? So I can feel that life itself is constantly showing us how we're all connected and then asking our participation in this evolution. Yeah, and I actually heard this really interesting interview with Adam Shadiak. Do you remember him? He did this really cool documentary I think it's called I Am, um, but he was a director. He was a, a Hollywood director. He did many, many movies. He did a lot of Adam Sandler movies. He, he was like a, like a rich Hollywood director who got into an accident. And that I accident, do know. Yes, you know, sorry. You know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Continue on. Yep. He, he got into this uh, bike bike accident and it caused him to have this like spiritual moment where he like sold all of his houses in the Hollywood Hills and he really started getting introspective and he moved into this trailer his words are well it's a really nice trailer <laughs> I mean it was like not a reg uh, riches to reg story or anything but he he really talked about this this need to like clean out and clear out and anyway he had this this really beautiful awakening and he ended up making this beautiful documentary about how we are all connected and and what life is about and this evolution of our consciousness but it was really interesting that he was sharing his story about this coming to him through his accident and someone asked him the question why is it why is it that these big awakenings and these big moments these aha moments tend to come through pain and suffering like why is it and Ultimately, his, you know, view on that was it can come through anything, but pain and suffering just tend to be the thing we listen to, but it can come through the beautiful sunrise. It can come through a loving conversation with a friend like that, that awakening, the thing that the universe wants you to know, it can come in a gentle, loving whisper, or it can come through you getting like hit upside the head. But it's like, what convert, what, what are you available to listen for? And for most of us, we get busy. We get busy overworking or we get busy overdoing it, or we get busy overdoing ourselves, or we, we get busy in distraction, or we get busy in denial, or we get busy in uh, self-sabotage or, or, you know, whatever we get busy with, um, that we get a little disassociated, we get a little disconnected and we stop listening. And so the gentle whisper usually doesn't work to get our attention and make us listen that it is often it takes like a hey moment in our lives to make us stop so a lot of people will say it's a near-death experience or it's a health scare or it's a divorce or it's the losing of my job or my company that it often takes those moments because that was the only thing that was strong enough to get me off the hamster wheel of not listening Yeah, I was just listening to Michael Beckwith talk about one of the reasons we keep ourselves so busy is that we don't want to hear the anxiety that will come up when we get still. But once we get still and that anxiety comes up and we are able to sit with it, it dissolves because ultimately it's illusion. But that that we create this kind of like chaos cycle for ourselves. And, And I was thinking, of how often what will happen for me is I'll get a message. I'll get a message that comes up of an action to be taken or something to have a conversation about. And it means a little bit of discomfort. It means some growth. It means having to step beyond my comfort circle. And then I get myself busy. (laughs) I don't take that action. I don't do the thing. I can hear it a little louder. And then I, I, will get myself to a point where it will, it'll knock me on the head, but I'll hear it. (laughs) I'll avoid it. And then it'll knock me. And I'm like, okay, okay. I know you've been telling me this forever. Also on evolving consciousness, I just want to say out loud, Chelsea Handler, you know, I've been listening to a lot of Chelsea Handler lately. And on her last episode with Katie Couric, she mentioned David Hawking's book, Letting Go. She mentioned Michael Singer. And then she uh, mentioned the book, Many Lives, Many Masters, all in one episode. And I'm like, if that's not evolving consciousness, like 
throwing that stuff into the world, I don't know what is. It made me so happy. Yeah, I just think like, you know, and and as we evolve, the contrast gets bigger, right? It's the duality of like, oh my gosh, it feels like, it feels like we're having such bigger, different, nuanced, uh, holistic conversations. And at the same time, the trolls on social media are getting louder and the, you know, the, what feels like the devolving of consciousness also seems to be getting bigger and louder. And I think that it's our job to be very mindful about where we put our attention and energy. Like, I don't know how many people I've said to this week, don't read the comments, don't read the comments, don't read the comments. Like, And it's, it's like, we have to keep reminding ourselves of like energy flows where my attention goes and I am responsible to put my attention on what is healthy and healing for me and not in a term of bypass, but just in a term of, of really saying that, yes, we simultaneously are expanding what is possible for ourselves in, in ways that are epic and profound and mysterious and miraculous and in ways that are harmful and hurtful and, and, um, you know, unnecessary and mean sometimes. And it's, it's really our job to say what I'm available for and what I'm not available for in, in a really loving way. Well, we can see all of these laws coming up that are so baffling and I feel deeply harmful and scary. And I feel like that is part of this backlash of how quickly we're evolving is that there can be this deep sense of fear and it, it, well, I think we're just seeing that pendulum swing so far. And, um, and it can be really, I think, terrifying to look at what it, what it, when people are holding on tight and they're trying to control. And, yeah. and, um, and I think it makes a lot of sense that people would feel a lot of intense emotions when they see when there are these things being done in the world that are feel really scary yeah yeah and that our job is just to say like what is my inspired action how can i allow my value system to be determining my legacy with every action with every email i send with every communication i'm involved with with the things that i support with the things that i stand for how can I really be making sure that my values and my integrity are really aligned and congruent so that I can, I can really be part of the evolution that is going to happen. I, I fervently believe that the harder those old structures kick and scream for control, I think the harder they kick and scream, the more we're actually winning, because I think that the more, you know, people are saying, yeah, we're not doing it that way anymore. No, we're not standing for that. No, we're, we're not letting human rights, women's rights, whatever, right. We're not letting those things be impeded on like not, not one more day. And I, I do think that there is a, there is a firm hand rushing in to say no more. We're not standing for these kinds of things. And it can feel really, really scary in the in the tension of the transition of those things. And I I do know for myself, especially as a new parent, um, someone just sent me this thing. Talk about scary. Someone just sent me this thing about there's there's now the creation of child, like cartoon pornography for children. Um, that is now in the ether, right? So like young kids can watch cartoons that's actually pornographic content. Um, just talk about like the plethora of how like things move in one direction and then very far in the other direction. And so just standing in the presence of being a new mom and just really holding the space of how big and scary and dark and confronting <laughs> and um you know that that the the span of our experience as free-willed individuals gets really big and just saying like what I'm available for what my family's available what my values are available for what I stand for what I stand with and what we're not available for it gets really important to to create those strong boundaries I think yes and it takes us back to getting to know ourselves 
and having those internal conversations so that we can know what our boundaries are. We can know what our work is. What do I feel fired up about that's going on in the world? And my soul calls up and say, oh, I have to take a stand against that. Oh, I have an action to take here. Ooh, I feel the fire in my body saying, do this, live this way to, so to deeply listen. And then also to know what we're not available for. Yeah. And, and to be able to create environments for ourselves to be and for our families to be able to thrive. Um, and I see a lot of this in the space. Um, one really great Instagram that I follow is Check Your Privilege. Uh-huh. And they do really good work about really helping people understand racism and an anti-racism journey as an example. And, you know, what they talk a lot about is that shame will, will keep you from action. Like, like the fear that I'm not going to do it right, that I'm going to get it wrong, that I'm going to say the wrong thing, that someone's going to be upset with me like that, that can keep us really like stuck and afraid from taking the inspired action. And sometimes the inspired action doesn't have to be, you know, standing with, you know, a, a protest sign in your hands. Like the inspired action can can just be whatever is in your heart to do, a reach out to someone, an email to send, a, you know, a prayer to hold in your heart. It, it can look in a lot of different ways, but I think that we live in a world that it feels scarier and scarier. And I'll speak from the experience of being someone who's more like, in, as you are more in the public sphere of being an artist, right? That we create things that we put out in the world and we put out our babies, our creative babies in the world, really to be judged, to be criticized, to be mocked, to be loved, to be celebrated, you know? And, and we, we, I love when Elizabeth Gilbert talks about she makes a creative baby and then she knows that as soon as she's done writing it, it doesn't belong to her anymore. Like it belongs to the audience now. And she has to get really good boundaries around letting the audience feel whatever they want to feel about that baby. And, you know, it, it's just really, I think getting in many ways more and more important to be an artist and a creator and also more and more scary to be an artist and creator because not only are we putting our work out to be judged but really ourselves our lives our values our actions our words are all out there in the public eye to be judged and I think it can really cause us to want to stay small, to want to hold ourselves back, to want to say not right now, to want to say, yeah, I'll do that, but not yet, because it gets really, really scary that you think you're going to get it wrong or someone's not going to like it or someone's not going to like you, that that gets to be a really scary place. And that is part of being willing to share, express yourself and share yourself is that everyone is going to have their own opinion. And because we live in a social media world now, you have more access to different people's opinion. And I do think it takes, what, one of the reasons I love that you and I do what we do is I think we have a desire to help people create a sense of safety within themselves and a, a, a sense of knowing who they are so that they can feel encouraged to put their work in the world and know that their value isn't inside the work and it, it, their value isn't inside what people say but their value is inside of themselves. Yeah, because we as creators get really stuck in the piece only had value if someone bought it, if it made money, if it got celebrated, like the, the performance was only good if people liked it, I got a good review, you know, and, and I think what you and I've been passionate about for a really long time is that intrinsic quality where it's who I become in the creation of the work that matters, not the result of the work itself. Yeah, and that there's something so valuable in listening to myself. What do I want to create most? What is what what lights me up? What gives me energy? Because I believe that whatever gives me that that sense of life is the universe itself. It's life asking for itself, saying, make this through you. And so can I tune into that voice? more than the voice that wants to get praise out there in the world. If I know that my value is intrinsic, if I know that I am worthy because I am, then it doesn't become about like pleasing the world. It comes about that deep inner connection. And if I'm deeply connected inside of myself, then I actually have an opportunity to connect on a deep level to, to 
those that are resonating at the same place, right? Um, the the, the, the people that also gravitate to that kind of work. Yeah, and I think when we were talking too about why does it feel that sometimes the evolution and the consciousness comes through pain and suffering, sometimes the art does too. And I think oftentimes it does, you know, that we've experienced isolation or discrimination or hard times or grief or loneliness or sadness or not being seen and heard or feeling like that cosmic orphan or whatever the case may be, we as a human have experienced that. So then we want to create art or character or pieces of writing or songs that speak to that place. And it actually ends up being a connective tissue that someone else can can absorb that piece and say, me too. Oh my gosh, I feel heard. I feel validated. You know, like how many times I've listened to a place of music in a place of deep pain and gone, oh, this person wrote this song for me. And of course they didn't. They wrote it for all. They wrote it for themselves, you know, to, to bring voice to that experience of pain. But that's often, if we can think that the art is here as a, as a tool for connection, then what we'll know is that it will ne- inevitably also bring deep di- disconnection, you know, in our, in our beautiful duality for everyone who loves it, there'll be someone else who hates it. Cause that's, that's the, how it works. But I, I think too, that every time I get called to a specific piece of work or a specific thing to create, there's the part of me that fights it a little bit. There's the part of me that loves getting it. There's the part of me that really wants to do it. So it doesn't go to someone else. There's the part of me that like puts it off. Cause I I'm scared of it. The, the, there's all that stuff that comes along with it. But I often find that one of my biggest ways that I like to hold myself back is sometimes I feel like there's like a creative nugget that comes from the universe that goes, Hey, do you want to do this thing? And I'm like, I do want to do this thing, but then it's kind of like, I want to put that thing off. Cause I'm like, but I also want to be an actor and I'm busy over here trying to make that happen for myself. And what's always really interesting is when I just surrender and go, I've been just given this creative gift to do, and I'm just going to do it. It's like, it happens every single time that the minute I press like send or like there's the last page or that like I'm done. It's like something miraculous happens over here that I could have never created during that time myself, even if I had spent every second working on that, you know, it's like there's something that the universe is for my gifts And when I say yes to my gifts in whatever way the universe needs them. So sometimes the universe needs me as a writer. And even though I'm like, but I don't want to be a writer. I want to be an actor, you know, but it's like, if I show up for the calling, I often find that there's little actor gifts that show up for me, you know? Yeah. I I mean, you told, you gave me great advice the other day. I was talking to you about a project and you said, well, I encourage you not to make any decision out of scarcity. I think I think those were your words. Feel free if I'm paraphrasing. Um, and I thought that was so good. I was like, yeah, what, what, is, what is that? But it's interesting when it comes to our careers, our livelihood, our talents, where we think there's scarcity, where mm-hmm. we think, oh, if I do this thing, it means that I'm not good at that thing over there, or I'm going to get less of it somehow, or by developing my talent this way, that isn't going to move into the world. And it's so interesting. And so when we're just talking at the beginning about how everything is connected, right? We're, we're one with the earth, we're one with each other. And the same thing with all of our gifts and talents, they feed each other. And I think one of the things we're learning how to model for each other is, yeah, you can be many different things. You can have many different talents. You can bring all of them into the world. And I know for myself, even like with this work that you and I do with uh, talking to creatives, talking with creatives, that there's, there has, especially in the beginning was so much fear that it would make me look like I was not a serious director or that that, that I, I, that somehow I would have to do less of that if I wanted to do this, but both burned deeply in my heart. And I actually believe that they, that they're in relationship with each other and they teach each other. So, you know, the, the director in me learns so much about stories as I work with writers and as I work with creatives and I learn more about the human condition 
because as an artist, what are you doing except for saying, this is my experience of the human condition. So working with other artists, it helps me so much with the part of me that gets insecure and has doubt because I go, oh yeah, yeah, that's everywhere. That's everyone. And so I do believe that our gifts are here to, that they're all, they're, they all have something for us. And they're all serving into the same ocean, you know, Exactly, that's like it. the lake and the river, or maybe not the lake, the, this river and this stream, it, the, they, they all run into the same place. You know, it's, it's like, I, I really had this experience in becoming pregnant because I really got the experience of a lot of other creative women reaching out to me to say, that's something I've always wanted too, but I was so scared if I went down that road, it would be like the death of my career or the death of my other dreams. Like, and it's like how, and I think we, as women, we, let alone that we've been taught that there's space for our dreams. Like, are we taught that there's like space for multiple dreams? I don't think that we've really been given that magic wand in our hands that we can create that, you know, that, that, and, and one of the most miraculous things about my journey of being pregnant and becoming a mother is that it has made me an actor that I never knew I could be. And I don't know that that would be the experience for everyone because those women who don't have the desire, then I don't think that would be your experience. Like if if you don't have the desire to to be a mother, then I think that the gifts of your jewels, like they live somewhere else. But for me, because I did have the desire of, of being a creative and an actor and a writer and a mom, because I had all those dreams that the unearthing and the helping of each of those dreams is inside each other. Yes. So something happened when I became a mother that I became a far better actress, a far deeper actress. Um, and and the the instrument changed and the way I play the instrument changed. And, and so I think that starting to say yes to wherever the desire shows up and not getting in the scarcity of, of time, money, energy, like if I put energy over here, does it impede over here? That would be like saying like, well, if you, if you, in the same way, if you have one child and you have another one, you, it doesn't take love away from that first child. It's like, if you have many creative desires, loving one doesn't take away from your love for the other one. And there is time and space and energy inside of you for all of them, because you have the desire for all of them. I am queen of multiple creative desires. As you you know, are. I really love to love a lot of things at once. And um, and I have felt that it like my body knows when it's time to like, oh, it's time to birth this vein now. Oh, this just needs a little yeah. planting. Oh, this needs a little watering. Oh, now it's really time to focus on this. That there's like, yeah, this one part. needs to hibernate for a minute. This yeah. one's this one's, prime. this one's ready. This no. one doesn't, yeah, the hibernation. This one doesn't know what it is and it just needs to nap for a while and then come back and talk to me later. And it will, but it just needs me to put it down for a hot second. It's, it's an interesting thing. So they all have their cycles, but just the way that I believe women aren't taught to have their own appetite or have their own desires to have their ambition. And I'm, mean that in a, in a, what is it that I want to bring into the world and a belief that I can and Mm -hmm. an encouragement to go, yeah, Ooh, what is that hunger inside of you want? What do you want to give birth to? What do you want your life to be like? Yes. And, um, and I think we need each other in community to keep saying yes to each other, unearth that, look underneath that. What, what's inside of that part of you that is a little dissatisfied? Yep, let's go in there. Let's find out what, what is it asking for? What's the question? And I really believe one of the best things we can do is to model for each other what it looks like to say, I believe in my own desires. And I believe my desires are holy. They're instructions from life. And so the more I tune into my appetite, the more I tune into my passion, to my hunger, to that, that want, the more I actually become in alignment with my authentic self and what I'm here to give, how I'm here to serve. 
And I think it's so vital inside of that to know that we actually all don't have the same desires. Yes. Thank like God. Caring and being jealous and well, that person has what I want. Actually, they don't. They don't. They, they have a version of what you want, but they don't have the thing that you want because the thing that you want hasn't been given to anyone but you because right. it's not here until you get it because it's right. yours, right? And I think that we can easily get into this feeling of like, first of all, just giving ourselves permission to want what we want. And I think that that can get really tricky too, because we don't all want the bells and whistles. We don't all want the big fancy things. Like what we want is sacred and unique to us. And some people want simplicity and quiet. And, and some people want the big bedazzled things. And we have to give ourselves permission that like, it's, it's not supposed to look like anyone else's and it's okay. And that permission to want it isn't going to come from anywhere, but, but inside of you. And then once you give yourself the permission to want it, then give yourself permission that the timeline gets to look like it wants to look, and it's allowed to look different than everyone else's. And the pacing is allowed to look different. And like the, the way you feel going about it gets to look different, you know, like everybody is just on their own uniquely beautiful path. And some people are going to want to love lots of babies and some people are going to want to love one thing. And, and is it, is it okay that you can just give yourself permission to listen to those desires and also know that they're perfect as they are. And they don't, deserve any comparison to anything that's ever been before because it's never been here before yeah because you've never been here before right and each one of us came to express something new and different in the world and that is cool that is really cool and we know what it is because it lights us up right yeah. it gives us a fire and an energy and uh, the more we give ourselves permission to live with that you know, to listen to that and to, to, to follow it, um, the more we'll find ourselves having an experience of, of the deepest part of us. Mm. Sometimes I think people are lonely because they haven't given themselves the experience of like their deepest desires. So they don't even know who they are inside of like that passion. And it makes sense if you've had early in life disappointments, that you can turn down the volume of your wanting mm. because it was painful to want things and not have them. So I'd also think part of the, the process is what does it look like to grieve for that young person inside of me who didn't get my needs met? And then how can I reteach myself that it's safe again to want and to try even after disappointment yeah oh gosh I was just talking to this really wonderful actress the other day and um she's in the the middle part of her career I'll give an age range she's in like the 50s to 60s category and um she was she was asking me this question she said you know how can I get out of this compare and despair because particularly there's this one other actor right and it's like she gets all the jobs I want and she's she gets all the auditions I want and she's like doing all the things that I wish I was doing. like how can I get out of it? and I and I was like well let's just let's like start asking questions because who, who knows what the answer to this is but like let's start asking questions it's like well what what if this obsession with this other person and what they're doing and comparing yourself to them is a distraction from something? What if it has, what if it has nothing to do with them? And what if they didn't exist? What if they all of a sudden like weren't on the planet anymore? That obsession would go somewhere else, would it not? Like, wouldn't it go into some other place or some other thing? So what if we know it's not really about that person or that thing, right? What if we know it's not even about compare and despair? What if the compare and despair is just a distraction from something? And what, what do we use distraction for? Well, when I distract myself, it's because I'm going over here because there's something over here I don't want to be with. That's why I go over there. I'm like, mm, I don't like it over here. I'm going to go over there as a distraction. 
right? So it's like, what if I could get back to what's going on over here? Ooh, there's something I'm trying to avoid. The most powerful question I think any of us can ever ask ourselves is in any given moment, what am I trying to avoid right now? What am I trying to avoid feeling right now? So her and I went down this little, this little game. And I said, what's the icky feeling that you're trying to avoid? And the conversation went on and on and we talked about various things and, and what we finally got to. And she just started to cry and she said, oh my gosh, it's, it's that I've aged out of roles that I never got to play. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for the roles I get to play now in my fifties and sixties, you know, in that age range, but there were ingenues I never got to play. And I'm so sad about it. Like there's so much grief that there was, there was art that wanted to get expressed through me that it didn't, it didn't get to. And now I'm so deep in the grief of all the things I didn't get to be. And I don't want to sit with that. So I would rather look at that person and all the things they get to be and be mad at them for it. Right. But it's like, and it was almost like as soon as she connected to the artist that is, was longing to play things and roles that they didn't get to play and the gratitude of what they get to do now, but just that grief, just like that, that there's opportunities we've missed, no matter how old any of us are, there's things that are off the table for us. And it's, and some of us go our whole lives and things get off the table and we get to the end and realize, oh my gosh. And some of us realize at different moments in the game, but every day there's a little death every day. There's one less day available. There's, there's things that get off the table and as soon as she was able to sit with that thing that she was trying to avoid, it, it liberated her. She's like, oh, and she had so much love for herself and so much compassion for herself. And she stopped judging herself and she stopped being mad at herself for being mad at that other person. She just was so in love with herself in that moment because she just realized I'm just a girl in pain. You know, and I think that we all as artists carry around the pain of the unlived dream while trying to still chase whatever dreams we have left in the time that we have, you know? Yeah. And um, it's so funny. I wrote this poem recently and the first line of it is uh, she does what she wants with us this life. And it talks about how the dream and the dream denied are both, they're both grace somehow, right? That those part, those, you know, I was thinking the other day, every time I want to do something creative, it's like a, it's like a little, it's like a plant that's growing and some of them come into fruition and they bloom all the way, but many don't. And, uh, and there's grief for everyone that doesn't make it. Cause in my heart, I see it you know, manifest all, all the way, create it all the way, you know, and I see the joy and the love and the people and the ripples and all of that. And, um, and you, not every creative baby gets to come all the way into the world in that way. And, uh, but somehow, but I, I get curious if even uh, the that the, the, the unlived dream, it, it, you know, becomes like, a, a, it nourishes the soil of the dreams that still want to come through us, that they, um, they, they teach us, you know, and um, they instruct us and they're still with us, like the spirit of them is. And I think there's something about them that also, like you said, create the fertile ground by which the dreams that do make it can make it exactly it's almost like without the ones that didn't make it the ones that do wouldn't that's exactly right um and uh you know my mom had three miscarriages and she had three children and she always talks about um that that each miscarriage prepared the way for the baby that was about to be born and i see that in like um the shows that i had that didn't fully come through the way that I might have dreamed that they would have um they were able to give me something that was really key into me becoming who I am like this one 
taught me how to stand up for myself. And this one um, taught me a, a sense of determination or this one rearranged my priorities. And, um, and also being able to know grief is something that unites us in our humanity to be able to understand the preciousness of our time and of, of our life. We play different, you know, we, we participate in the world different. Yeah. yeah, and we love each other different. We love each other different. Support each other different. Yeah. Because we know no matter what we do with that dash between yeah. when born and when it's over, like no matter what any of us do inside that dash, no matter what we create, no matter what we don't, we all, we all end the same. Yeah. So there's speaking- no, There's no escaping it. <laughs> uh, speaking of, I did want to share a little bit on, uh, since we last podcast, um, my father has transitioned and- um, I just wanted to tell a little bit of that story um, because it's working on me. His transition is working on me. And uh, yeah, and I just wanna share how it's working on me right now. Um, so I was in the city, I was in New York. I was uh, in a rehearsal and I got a call from my older brother that my dad's health had taken a turn. And I didn't quite understand when I got the phone call, what, like I took in the information, you know, he struggled with the dementia for the last handful of years. In November, he went into assisted living and it, it's been very fun to go visit him because uh, they, ca they called him the dancing man because he always loved to dance. And, um, and every time I would go and see him, you know, in this, place where he was at it was almost like um we would like fall into these like zones of love you know um where we would just stare at each other and I'm and he was not always did not always know that he, I was his daughter you know we would just I remember we would just kind of like go stare at each other for long periods of time and it was just like this feeling of deep deep love that I think often as humans, we're like kind of afraid to fall into these zones of just being in wordless love. And then sometimes he'd ask me, where are your parents? <laughs> um, uh, but when, so after I got the phone call from my brother, it took me a moment and I went, oh, wait, I think this could be serious. Like, I think I need to fly out. And I was supposed to fly out the following week. I already had a ticket to go to LA. So I was able to change my ticket. But I, so I went and I think I was hoping that he was just having a time in the hospital. But I think once I knew, I saw him in the hospital, I had a feeling, um, but the, I feel like the blessing of all of it is that I got uh, five days to be with him. So two and a half days in the hospital and then two and a half days in a hospice. Um, a lot of it was uh, me and my mom just getting to be with him and to like hold his hand. And uh, I wrote a little bit about this. Like we, 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 we sang to him a lot, a lot of like musical theater songs. And when my brother and his wife were there, we, um, my, my, because my dad loved to dance, we like played some swing music and we danced with him. But, you know, it's something that I, I've been through people transitioning before, but never a, a member of my most intimate family. And they're, they're this, the, the love, it's like um, my body is, keeps getting these realizations of like how much he loved me. And like, that is what has been like doing this process on me is how deep his love was for me. And, um, and so it's like, it's, it's, and it's an intense process of like comprehending how deep his love has been for me, you know? And, and like this, I feel incredibly, um, I don't know, it's like a, in awe of who he's been and the work he did on himself with not even having a language of how to do work on oneself you know he like taught himself how to 
become a better man and how to heal without mm-hmm. therapy, without 12 step groups, you know, like, but uh, the way that he wanted to show up for his family and um, as a father, cause he didn't have one. And like so much of his journey was like teaching himself how to be a father. And um, yeah, I, I'm, it's still hard for me to find language for all of my feelings, but yeah, there's this process that is occurring on me where I just want to go slow. <laughs> I just want to go so slow and um, a lot of sleeping <laughs> and then, um, and, and then I also just feel incredibly blessed by like um, everyone who's reached out to express their love, you know, and, um, and it's something that I, keep thinking about oh we all understand like how deep and primal this experience is you know of losing a parent and I know everyone has different relationships with their parents and my dad my relationship with my dad wasn't always easy you know especially when I was young and my dad made a big reversal and made amends and really really showed up for me and I'm just I'm actually I feel grateful for getting to see that in him you know and I you know it's taught me a lot about the ability to like uh show up differently at all times you know it's like at any moment you can show up differently for the people that you love and the people in your life so (laughs) that's what I got so far (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh Kristen and I mean I know I speak for everyone listening that um, you're just, you're brave and you're beautiful and you're sharing and your vulnerability and your willingness to, to let other people in, not only on your creative journeys, but also on your grief journeys. And um, it takes a lot to, to share what you're going through while you're in the process of going through it. it. I think it's much easier to say after the fact, okay, here's what that was like but it, there's a different kind of uh, courage it takes to just be in it and speaking about it. So um, I know that as you describe your dad, if there's like this really like visceral felt sense of his spirit and his energy that, that I can feel so alive in you. And also I know that, uh, and I know I've shared this with you, but your dad was a beautiful creative soul as well who had a lot of talent and a lot of poetry and a lot of music in him. And um, I just think about the the legacy that you lead through every show you direct, every script you work on, every song you work on, every artist you work with, every person you coach, every every story that you read notes on. I know you do it a lot. (laughs) I just know that your dad's legacy lives through the ripples of every every project that every one of your students writes also starts to carry the vibration of his soul and his energy and his work and his life mission, which is that, you know, the reason you are so fervent about people living your dreams is because of him. And so that legacy that he has left is big. Um, You know, um, part of my dad's story is um, the year I was born, he um uh he had to declare bankruptcy because he had this business that was really thriving it was really doing well and my mom said when she met him he you know had all this confidence he had all this money he was doing great <laughs> um and uh he had a he had the he had a betrayal of a business partner and uh and then I think my dad had so much shame because all of a sudden the business kind of crumbled and he had a new wife and this new baby, but he really had to pivot. And um, my cousin was telling me when he was having to make a transition in his life, how my dad had really helped him through it by by just talking about that period in his life and really deciding to let one part of his life go and start on a new, um, a new part of his life. But because of that, my dad went back and got his, uh, um, his, his uh degree his master's in uh english 
and uh, I was a little baby and he would actually take me to class as a, as a baby and an infant. Uh, and so I even have these like flashes of memory of that moment, if it's possible as a, as a, as a young one of being, you know, in, in this classroom. And I just love the, the vision of him, you know, bringing me <laughs> Oh, like he, he was getting me ready even then to tell stories. And in his love of literature, when I was a little girl, he wouldn't read me little kids book. He would read me like literature as a child uh, and poetry. And I just, uh, you know, uh, it's, I feel like it's been this like life journey him and I have been on together. And also, you know, seeing him wrestle with his fears and his doubt and into his insecurity or lack of belief in self is why like this work is so important to me is just learning that if that voice is universal, we all have it. And how do we um, love that, that part of us that doesn't believe in ourselves and that is gets scared? How do we just love and embrace that part of ourselves so that we can continue to do our work and move it into the world? And now I'm sure my eye makeup is all over. <laughs> I think you look fabulous. Thank you. Saying. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, thank you so much just for sharing that. And I know that um, grief is something that everybody knows in the way that they know it. So I know that it it is resonant for whoever's listening. Um, and let us know how we can keep supporting you and your family as these days and months ahead come. Thank you. Thanks. Ooh, a breath. A breath. I know. A breath for life that life is happening. It's moving. We're all in it. It keeps moving no matter what we do, no matter what we do, no matter what we don't do, no matter what we create, no matter what we don't create, it's going to keep moving. So we might as well decide with this next breath as you're listening, wherever you are, wherever you are listening from, what next for me, you know, with this precious time, with this precious life, with this precious inspiration that I've heard that Kristen shared, what, what, what next for me, you know, what, what legacy am I building? What values am I building on? Who do I get to be now? It's a very, very, very powerful question. It's available to your creative soul, to every creative soul listening at every single second. Natalie, I have a question for you and then we'll wrap up. You, I've noticed, have been using the word legacy more. And mm -hmm. I just agree if you could just give us a quick little, um, I don't know, insight into oh, I am saying it. <laughs> the relationship with legacy at the moment. My gosh. Well, um, as you know, every year I like to do a practice. Uh, Suzanne Conway has this beautiful practice called um, like discovering your word for the year. And um, I, I'm a girl who is a hyphenate, so I can never choose only one word for the year. Um, but one of the words that I did choose for this year is legacy. So I'm, I'm moving it into my language more and I'm trying to move it into, cause like first, you know, it's like the, the, in the biblical sense, like first was the word <laughs> and the word was God and the word was let there be light. And then light got created, you know, so first is the word I'm really trying to declare and be intentional about legacy and what legacy means. And I obviously with having just given birth to a human, <laughs> feel like a sense of what legacy means in that capacity, but I'm really thinking about it more in terms of like, not only the child that I leave behind, but um, the fragrance that is left behind of every conversation I have, of every interaction I have, of every creative project I'm part of, of every audition I do, of, of you know, every street I walk down. Like what's the fragrance that gets left behind when, when I leave? And um, the quality of that is determined by by what I decide and what I create. And so I'm really trying to be intentional about that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Speaking Thanks of, for asking. Yeah, no, so I got so curious. Um, <laughs> speaking of intentional, uh, we have an intentional sale. Yes! This, it's your birthday month. Happy it's birthday, my Natalie. birthday month. I was, <laughs> my baby and I were both sick as dogs on my birthday. So it was a, it was a birthday in bed, but yes, it is my birthday month. <laughs> That's why we have to celebrate all of March. And one of the ways that we're celebrating is we're doing $100 off 
our summer in Florence retreat. Yeah. So if you guys have not jumped on the bandwagon of the Florence, Italy three-day retreat, now is the moment because we're doing for spring women's month, my birthday, just because we like to do a celebration. We are for the rest of this month. So you've got a couple more weeks to take us up on this offer. Uh, you can get a hundred dollars off our Florence retreat. The dates of the retreat are uh, June 23rd to 25th. So mark that on your calendar, get a flight, come to Italy. It is going to be jam-packed with inspiration, transformation, expansion, pasta, gelato, gelato. Yes. <laughs> Vino gelato, all the good things. And it, you know, we're due for it. We're due for a, a new place and a new rhythm and a new way of thinking about expansion. So we are very, very excited to bring you. This is all new content for us. This is a new moment. We haven't done a retreat together in many, many years. I mean, retreats are powerful. I met my husband doing one, I'm just saying. Uh, so please feel free to come join us. If you're interested in that, shoot me an email. It's my name, Natalie Lynn, L-Y-N-N, Roy, R-O-Y, at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. I will get you all the information. You pay your deposit to hold your spot. And uh, if you pay your deposit this month, we will honor the $100 off for you. Woo, that is exciting. Anything else exciting on your end that you want to share, Kay? Well, I have my story space. If you are writing a story, I would love to help you. It's a container of writers. It's a group and we support each other as we get our stories out into the world. I also have a new video course called How to Get Your Story Out. Um, and then in April, I'm doing a small weekend for um, for artists that want to fall back in love with their creativity. So Beautiful. you can reach out to me, go on my Instagram, go to my website, you can come find me and I'll tell you all about it. Get on my newsletter. I would love to uh, just share with you about who I am and what I'm doing. Oh, so good. So good. So good. And what about you, my love? Well, I am uh, teaching one more round of my acting course, the 2% booking method. If you're interested in that, again, you can email me natalielinroy at gmail.com. I have four spots left for April and then I'm taking the summer off. I'm not teaching it again until September. So if you're interested, four spots left, just email me and uh, I can talk to you about that. If you want to up-level, you know, your auditions, your mindset, uh, you know, all, all the kind of stuff that comes with being an actor. It's, it's a really inclusive course, any level of experience it works for. Um, so I am doing that. And otherwise I would just love to request from our audience, just send me some good thoughts and good energy because I've created two writing projects one that I'm just about to pitch to publisher. I'm just finishing, I'm like on the finishing touches of my book proposal of my new latest book. And I'm really excited about it. This one is very dear to my heart. It took me nine months to create this baby and it's finished. It's totally finished and ready to be put out in the world. I'm going to be doing that next week. I'm going to be pitching to publishers. And I also wrote a Christmas movie. Yeah. That is that just yesterday had its pitch to a very special place that makes Christmas movies that starts with a hall and ends with a mark. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that's just out circulating in the world as well. So if anyone wants to send good energy, lift up some prayers and vibes to the universe for any of those projects, if they'd be of service to the world, that feels fun. Let's send all the good energy that way. Uh, and speaking of good energy, I do want to um, just say thank you to uh, all of our community members that re uh, reached out to me and just said loving words uh, to me about my dad and uh, this time in my life. Um, I've, I feel like I've just been encircled with love. So I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you to, um, to just being part of my family. Kristen, I have a secret to tell you. What? You're very easy to love. Oh my goodness, really? Yeah. You're so pretty. You're so smart. You're so cool. Natalie. Love loving you. It takes one to <laughs> know one. <laughs> Thank you, Irene. <laughs> and also, yes, you are very yeah. easy to love as well. <laughs> well, and listen, podcast listeners, go love someone today. We need it. You know, in a land of evolving consciousness and duality and 
stuff coming up, just go love on someone today, whether it be a barista or uh, whoever it is, go find someone to give some love to today uh, on behalf of the legacy of Kristen's Papa and all you creators out there who are just bravely, bravely facing the demons and devils that come along the path of being a creative soul. And then email me and sign up for Florence. Those are your tasks. (laughs) We love you. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for being committed to showing up for your dreams. If you would like to know more about what we are up to or find more information about our podcasts, upcoming retreats, or anything else, please go check out our website, www.thecreateseries.com. And you can come and jam with us on Facebook. I know we're still on Facebook. We have a Create Community page, and that's Create C period R period E period A period T period E period. And if you want to check us out on Instagram, you can find me, Natalie, at Miss Natalie Roy. And you can find me at Hangy Love. That's H-A-N-G-G-I-L-O-V-E. Keep on rocking your dreams and we can't wait to connect with you more.